English wand-waving or silly incantations in this class. As such, I don't expect many of you to appreciate the subtle science and exact art that is potion-making. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, I can teach you how to bewitch the mind and ensnare the senses. I can teach you how to bottle fame, brew glory, and even how to figure out whether or not Lost is a good TV show. Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues, a podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And we're here to talk about the beginning of the finale for season two, Live Together, Die Alone, part one. Emma, how are you feeling on this episode? This is really good TV. Mm-hmm, yeah. This is amazing TV. And I feel like the last season uh finale there was a lot of build-up in season one like we didn't get a lot of action or um, yeah you know it was well, like it's because the last one was three parts that's a good so point. like that that very first part was really slow which is kind of nice in some respects but yeah this one is a lot more stuff going on yeah they're moving and they're moving fast and there's a lot of action mm-hmm. and yeah i i really loved it what do you yeah. think so far what are your thoughts it's yeah, it's good. I mean, we got a Desmond episode, which is good. I think the fans really wanted one, and then he was kind of just gone for twenty episodes, but now he's back. Um, so, I mean, there's no real conclusion to any of his stuff yet. That's probably the most setup has been in the flashbacks. But then mm-hmm. otherwise, um, yeah, it's it's a good episode, and I like these two parters because they do get to take their time a little bit more. I think stuff like. Um, uh, like sun throwing up over the side of the boat, like which admittedly, I guess that's not like super compelling television, but that's the kind of thing that is kind of like fun uh, world building or character building, I yeah. guess. And that kind of stuff, I think, doesn't end up making it in when they don't have a full two parts to do it. And just seeing how Sun and Jin's relationship has really progressed too. I mean, it's it's a small scene. Um, but I think it adds a lot to their character arc, and I'm glad that they kept it in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's get started. This episode aired, both parts aired on uh, May 24th, 2006, uh, and were written by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, and directed by Jack Bender, so the big three. Um, the title, of course, comes from Jack's speech earlier in the season one finale, about how you gotta live together, we're gonna die alone. And uh, this starts off right where the last one left off, with the boat on the beach. Uh, which is good, because I think that, I don't know, I kinda... I always hate when people, when, like, I they could have just started this off with Desmond's flashback. Although I guess maybe that would have gotten rid of the reveal that he was the one in the boat. Yeah. Um, but I do like that they just started off right at where it ended because that's such a good cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's trying to get the attention of the boat. You hear people kind of murmuring to themselves, are we rescued? Everyone's uh, excited. And then uh, Jack, Sawyer, and Saeed um, strip down and swim out to the boat. We get, I mean, you know it's a lost finale because we've got three pairs of jeans swimming out there in the mm-hmm. open ocean. <laughs> That's uh, that's that's what we've come to expect from the show, and we love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, they go at, get up onto the boat finally and go out and investigate it. 
Um, I will say too, they do look like they really had to swim that far. Like they 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 don't like just like jump up on the boat and start looking around. They all look very tired yeah. when they get up on that boat, which I think is a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as they're searching around, they start uh, hearing gunshots, and somebody is shooting from inside the boat out to the top. Um, and they open up the the hatch inside, and who is it but a very drunk uh, Desmond? who's back on the show now. And he starts laughing when he sees them. Um, We get a little bit of a flash forward, and Jack goes uh, to question Desmond on why he came back. This is, like, later on that evening, and Desmond is sitting around the fire drinking. A new bottle. Like, he's, like, going through it. The man Mm -hmm. is is going nuts with drinking. He clearly realized, well, I'm never getting out of here, so I might as well uh, just go through the entire stash of alcohol I have. Mm -hmm. Which I guess is the only Dharma stuff that he brought with him from the boat, like onto his boat. Um, He didn't bring any other supplies. But uh, he says that he tried sailing away. He went completely west in one direction uh, for, you know, however long. He should have been in Fiji, but... um, he ends up back at the island every time and talks about how there is no outside world. They're in a snow globe. And then he asks Jack if uh, if Jack's still pushing the button. And Jack says, yeah, they are. Then we get our first flashback. Uh, and it goes mm-hmm. to what looks like a detainment facility. It's like a really sterile environment. There's somebody uh, in handcuffs walking around. Um, and Desmond is getting back his belongings. Uh, he gets mm-hmm. a set of keys, a watch, and a photograph um, of him and Penny, Penelope. Mm-hmm. Um, I immediately thought of that old adage, the gift of the magi, um, about the, oh, okay. the couple who have nothing, but they're desperate to give each other a gift. So then yeah. he had the beloved pocket watch, and she has the long hair. Um mm-hmm. That's like immediately what came to mind for me, just the imagery in that that first part. Um, sure. And uh, another belonging of his, um, he gets back a book by Charles Dickens called Our Mutual Friend. Um, mm-hmm. And he says that he is saving it so it can be the last thing that he reads before he dies. And um, this it, is like a super like a character trope type like. This is very much like uh, something that a, a character in a novel would have, like an affectation. I don't know how to describe it, but like no human being would ever be like, I'm saving this Charles Dickens book for right before I die. But it still is like cool. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's it not is. it's not realistic in any way, but it is still like it's like a neat little aspect of his character. Yeah. Um, which I like Charles Dickens. But I had never read this book. Um, well. I I would like Charles Dickens. My main issue with him, he tells the tale of too many cities. Mm. I really just need one. I don't, you know. And honestly, the best of times and the worst of times, just tell me about the best of times. I don't need it. There's so much of this, you know, negativity in the news these days. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't need to know about the worst of times, Dickens. Come on. Right. Yeah, one too Mm. many cities in his stories. Yeah, Um. yeah. Um, the guard that he's talking to tells him that his sentence is complete. And we learn that he is getting a dishonorable discharge. 
Uh, mm-hmm. His full name is Desmond David Hume, uh, and mm-hmm. he reached lance corporal status before being discharged from the Scottish army, which I don't know if that's, I, I don't know what that means, but yeah. corporal sounds, you know, like a big deal, kind of. Do we know what Sherlock Holmes got to? Yeah, I don't know. He, um, <laughs> I do love that the guy discharging him obviously hates him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of disdain there. There's nothing in this, right, that said what he did to get discharged? No. Mm-mm. So we don't know that yet. Uh, he leaves the building in the rain, and Lex Luthor drives up and <laughs> invites him in for a ride. Um, it's not. I will say they did... There's a few cliches that they could do that I feel like always get hit on when somebody is um, leaving prison. Yeah. And one of them is leaving in the rain. And the other one that they didn't do, which is good, is Desmond, His the clothes that he came in and wore a like, tuxedo. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like that always <laughs> ends up being one where they've got the bow tie untied around their neck and then... Because that's the clothes that he got arrested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad they didn't do that, at least. Or that but he they... was completely covered in tattoos. Well, that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he came out like uh, like uh, Fuchs in yeah. Barry. <laughs> that's what I was oh, picturing. That's, that's, yeah. the best, that's the best. Okay, there was no cliches in that scene, but that's one of the best <laughs> leaving prison scenes ever. Oh my it's god. It's so funny. That montage is so good. Uh, yeah, so not quite up to the... The Barry scale, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know so. they tried. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I the, think Lex Luthor is a great comparison for Widmore too. Yeah, That's basically what he is. Yeah, um, better accent. Mm-hmm, I'll say. Uh, but he is played. Widmore is played by Alan Dale, who is from Dunedin, New Zealand, uh, mm-hmm. and he does a pretty healthy mix of voice work and traditional acting. Um, he played a couple people in, I guess, Mass Effect. Um, mm. And okay. I recognize him, I think, from The X-Files, where he had a small recurring role as the Toothpick Man. Um, but that as was the Toothpick Man? Yeah. That's Is how that he's like credited. Is that like the cigarette-smoking man's like younger brother? Like uh, healthier, more health conscious. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Toothpick. It was when they couldn't show cigarette smoking anymore. <laughs> yeah. They had to show the toothpick man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was season nine, so honestly, that that might be. Okay, it. well then, yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that could be it. Um, <laughs> the vaping man, the cigarette man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he's an iconic actor, and he's been in several TV shows and video games, but I just can't put my finger on. Like, I think one he's I never really from. had like the big the big break type one. I yeah. think he would if he ever got a like a Tywin Lannister type role, he could absolutely crush it, but he just has not gotten that. But yeah, great actor. Um he has two boxes for Desmond in the car waiting. Uh one mm-hmm. he says contains his past and the other contains his future. The first box he opens has all of the letters that Desmond wrote to Penny while he was away in prison which he intercepted um and he goes Mm -hmm. on to explain that it's actually a good thing that he did this because now she's moved on and she's getting married um and then he opens up another box and it's filled with money uh he tells desmond that he needs to run away and never contact her again 
Desmond asks what makes you think that I would run away and uh, Widmore tells him that he will do it because he's a coward. Evil, mm-hmm. evil vibes. So Desmond's daddy issues are with like a daddy-in-law. Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not all his the, daddy. All, but... all the best podcasts have a father-in-law issues. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I will say, so this is, we had seen, we've talked about it a little bit before, but son with the pregnancy test was said from uh, like Widmore Pharmaceuticals or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. And then there was that billboard in the Charlie episode of Widmore Construction. And then I guess we missed it. I had never noticed this before. I had to like go back and see it. But on uh, Henry's hot air balloon, or not Henry's, but the real Henry's hot air balloon, it says like Widmore on that as well. Oh, interesting. So this guy's just like a straight up like industrialist. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's got his name all over stuff. Back on the island, uh, Saeed tells Jack uh, that he can take the boat to the north part of the island and set a trap um, so that Michael thinks everything's going as planned, but Saeed is actually one step ahead of them. Um, and his plan is to get to the other side of the island and then set a bonfire to like burn and see the black smoke, and then everybody can meet up with Saeed... Um, I, this plan to me does not quite make sense. Um, obviously, the others are going to see the smoke right away, which he also says. So they'll see the smoke right away and know that somebody else is there. And then the only advantage that Saeed doing that gives them is just that Saeed is there too, which he could also just like follow behind them or something. Right. Like it doesn't. It. I just don't quite. I, like, it is unexpected. I just don't think it's game-changing the way that they're treating it. But Yeah. And then um, Jack, too, in this exchange is still, for some reason, like, not using critical thinking skills. Like... Mm-hmm. like <laughs> in, still kind of sticking up for Michael. Yeah. I yeah. just... I don't know. Yeah. They could have put more thought into this. They had, like, a full 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not the most fleshed out. Um, uh, but yeah, Saeed tells Jack that he can't tell anybody because everyone's reactions to everything has to seem real. Uh, otherwise, Michael will get suspicious. Um, in the hatch, Locke finds Echo uh, at the computer room. Uh, Locke tells Echo that he, not to push the button anymore. Um, and he says, uh, don't be a slave. Which immediately gets uh, Echo angry. Um, rightfully so. That's a very weird way to yeah. word that. Um, I assume that's the Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof coming through on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, Locke picks up Echo's stick and goes to smash the computer when it starts beeping again. But uh, Echo grabs it, hits him a little bit, and then kicks him out. Um, telling him that... Uh, you know, Locke says, you're never going to be free. And Echo says, well, you're free now, Locke. And and kicks him out of the hatch. As they are preparing to leave, Jack is giving everybody a gun. He gives one to Michael and gives one to Kate. Hurley refuses, saying he doesn't want to kill somebody. Um, and then Kate brings up something that, like, hasn't gotten talked about a whole lot, which is that the others had all of those costumes, the fake beards and costumes and all that stuff, and says that she thinks... Uh, that they're just faking, and I do really like this. Her and Michael both call them hillbillies, mm-hmm. um, 
without like really any trace of irony at all which is just so funny because like hillbilly is like such a specific thing yeah like it's not just like somebody who's not wearing shoes right um, right or somebody who has a long beard like it's it's like a very specific type of person um so i really i wish that the others had been a little bit more like you know like uh deep appalachia type uh um hillbilly like carrying around jugs of moonshine yeah exactly Mm -hmm. yeah um talking about their peepaws and their Mm meemaws um i think we really missed out on that (laughs) i think that could have been a lot of fun um but sawyer just kind of goes like all right enough jibber jabber and then they just keep moving without ever like addressing it at all so i guess we're just not going to think about that anymore either saeed asks desmond if he can use the boat and desmond says sure but you're gonna need someone to uh to take it because i'm not going and uh you're gonna have to find somebody else to help you sail it uh not a whole lot in this scene except for that desmond calls the others the hostiles which means that he already knew knew about them in some capacity uh not like a huge deal but i did think it's interesting to point out i also think it kind of piques saeed's interest too because they're both military like ex-military yes like that's how somebody in the military would speak yeah, when Saeed gets back, he's for sure questioning Desmond about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we get our second flashback, and Desmond is at a coffee shop in the U.S. where he just landed. Um, he doesn't have any U- U.S. dollars uh, when he goes to order his coffee, so none other than Libby pays for his coffee, um, mm-hmm. which it took me a second to know if I was being, like, Laura palmer <laughs> Because she looks yeah, so different yeah. with, like, the Allie McBeal straight haircut. Yes. Yeah, it, that, that's perfect. Because I was literally going to say, she looks like a divorce lawyer now. Yeah, she does. Like, she looks... She she does not look like a... What what was she? Was she, she a psychologist? Yeah. Or a, uh, yeah, and or a psychiatrist, maybe. And then, um, obviously, the other thing we know about her is mental patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, yeah, she looks like neither of those. She looks like, she looks like a very wealthy person, which she apparently is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they end up having, you know, kind of a cute back and forth and end up sitting together. And he mm-hmm. tells her about doing the sailing race around the world in eight months. Uh, if he wins, then he wins a large sum of money from Charles Dunmore, who is Penny's dad, of course. Um, and the person who tried to unsuccessfully buy him off. So we know now that he didn't take the money. Um, mm-hmm. He needs forty-two grand because he doesn't actually have a boat to sail yet. Mm-hmm. And um, which is such a funny, like the boat that he's sailing is like multi-million-dollar sailboat. Like, oh yeah, it, it's, there's no way yeah. that he could get something that nice for forty-two grand. So like, I realize why they. Latched on he to that gonna, number, he but... He was going to buy a canoe and then, like, an infinite amount of tarps. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what he was going to be using if, if he hadn't happened upon Libby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Libby's there to save the day. And she mm-hmm. gets really quiet and she says that she has a boat that belonged to her husband who got sick. Um, he wanted to sail to the Mediterranean, but he passed away before he could do it um, a month ago. So Libby gives him the boat. And Desmond asks what her husband's name is, and it was David, which, of course, is his middle name, and asks what the name of the boat mm-hmm. is, and it is Elizabeth after her. Um, 
Desmond tells her thank you and that he's going to win the race for love. Yes. Now, uh, two things. The race for love is so ridiculous. I kind of... Actually, I'm going to table that and maybe we'll talk about it at the next flashback because that's where I think it gets really insane. But um, the thing with Libby... So, one, her husband's name being David... Um, a lot of people are speculating because we find out about her being in the mental hospital in the episode Dave, where Hurley mm. has the imaginary friend Dave. And so people, a lot of people think that, um, that maybe he was some way connected to her husband or he is her, her husband or something like that. Um, I have no opinion on, on that at the moment, but I do think it's very funny. Just the idea of Libby having this absolute like trash loudmouth husband yeah who goes on to haunt somebody else after she, after he dies um is that's funny to me but yeah. <laughs> also so the actress cynthia watros who plays libby uh they talked about it you know there's all the stuff with the dui who knows what the deal is but um supposedly the main reason they killed her off was that they didn't think anna lucia's death was going to hit hard enough but they did still want to work with Libby and explore, like, they, you know, we don't know what the mysteries that they had planned for Libby were. Mm -hmm. So apparently what they wanted to do was what they did in this episode, which is have her show up in other people's flashbacks. And oh. have her, like, slowly, like, you unravel the mystery of this character through the past instead of having it be on the island. But... Um, this is the last time we're going to see her in this capacity, so, mm. uh, that's, that's kind of that. They kind of abandoned it after this episode. Um, I do like her in this flashback. I think it's as good. I um, think it's compelling, too. I think that they could yeah. have done a lot with it, especially mm -hmm. given the stuff with, I mean, her being at the same institution as Hurley, like, so they just dropped yeah. that all together. Like, we never... Um, we'll kind of get, um, we'll get other stuff about that, but we're not, we're not going to get her in the, the way that they wanted to have it keep going. Okay. Which was her continuing to show up in people's flashbacks. Gotcha. Um, it's kind of just Hurley and Desmond's that she does that for. Mm. Um, but yeah. Saeed asks Sun, uh, to help translate for him because he wants to use Jin to sail the boat around the island. And Sun says, sure, but we're both going, uh, not just Jin. Um, which, yeah, I think this is nice. It's nice that they're, like, giving her, like, some agency about it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if maybe somebody somebody in the writer's room finally told them that women were allowed to um, have independent, like, uh, goals and desires. But it's, it's pretty cool that they're writing that into the show now. Mm -hmm. But not too independent, um, because she's still going to... Well, she's still with her husband, uh, yeah. Know, of course. He, mm -hmm. Who's going to take care of her? Emma, come on. Um, <laughs> uh, out in the jungle, uh, the uh, the Michael team is trekking along. Uh, they see a doll in the uh, on the trail. Sawyer goes to reach for it, but Kate stops him and explains that it's a trap. Um, and she explains about how it happened to her and Jack. And he realizes, oh, you actually did really mean caught in a net. Interesting. Um, as they are, as they're having this little discussion, uh, a giant bird flies down and maybe says Hurley's name. So we talked about it in the finale of season one, but there was the bird that everyone thought was saying Hurley. 
This time, they use the exact same sound for it. So, if you thought it said Hurley before, you presumably still do think it. I still don't hear it. I didn't hear um, it at all. It doesn't sound like her. And I don't know. I watch everything with subtitles on because um, I can't hear anything. So, it, the, the subtitles say, Bird squawks out Hurley's name or something like that in brackets. Oh. But I really turned it up and it's like, you. I guess you could think it. It says it with like the same... It squawks the same amount of time it would take to say Hurley, but it doesn't really sound like he's saying Hurley. I don't know. Either way, Hurley says, whoa, did that bird just say my name? And Sawyer makes fun of him for it. Uh, so clearly that's the writers kind of trying to be like, guys, that was not a real mystery. Don't focus on that. Mm -hmm. Michael tries to shoot at it for some reason, uh, but his gun doesn't fire. And hey, wouldn't you know, it's not loaded because, of course, Jack didn't give him an actual loaded gun. Uh, it's weird to me that Michael wouldn't check that <laughs> beforehand, yeah. but either way, Jack kind of goes like, oh, my bad, man, here, once you hand it over, I'll, uh, I'll load it, sorry about that. Charlie finds Locke, uh, sobbing to himself in the woods, leaning on a tree. Um, Charlie is clearly just stirring shit like he kind of has been for the last season or so. What I don't get is that, like, he's being so gross. And he just yeah. got attention from Claire last episode. Like, yeah. why Why is he being so bitter? I mean, maybe it's just because it's Locke. Like, Locke truly humiliated him by punching him uh, in front of everybody. I guess, So, like, yeah. maybe... But, yeah, but even then, when, even with Echo, he's being a creep with Echo, too. Yeah. Like, it's... Um, you're right. You're right. It's like, what do you want, Charlie? Mm-hmm. Uh, you did kidnap a baby. Like, I yeah, yes. keep harping on it, but it's because somebody has to, since nobody in the show will. But yeah, Charlie tells Locke about Desmond and how Desmond's back, and that gets Locke interested again. But yeah, Locke is clearly going through an extreme uh, crisis of faith here. Claire looks like she's about to give Aaron an injection. She never actually does it in this scene, so who knows if she actually ends up doing it. But mm-hmm. um, as she's kind of fiddling with the injector gun around Aaron... Desmond says, hey, that thing's useless. I took it for however many, you know, I took every nine days for two years and I'm, nothing happened when I stopped. Um, she, and then Desmond asks about the father of the kid. And then when Claire's like, oh, yeah, no, he's a deadbeat who ran away from his responsibility. Desmond's like, oh, but what if he had a point, though? Yeah. Um, which is just wild. Uh, and clearly is there to say a lot more about Desmond than it is about whatever he thinks of uh, Thomas. Mm-hmm. The, uh, then we get the next flashback, which is kind of the other side of when Jack and Desmond meet in Jack's episode. Mm-hmm. Now we get to see it from kind of Desmond's perspective before they actually connect. Um, mm-hmm. And Desmond is at the stadium he's getting ready to run when jack pulls up um and starts get that fantastic bandana yeah yeah that more. great bandana mm-hmm. um and uh jack starts running and desmond is still kind of getting ready when penny rolls up next to him and desmond demands to know how she found him and she says that she has a lot of money <laughs> Uh, and that mm-hmm. she can find anyone. Um, she asks if he ever read his book while he was away. And he says that he didn't. And he corrects her and says that he was in prison. He wasn't away. 
uh, she wants to know why he never wrote. And instead of kind of explaining, explaining. this, the situation, that's your perfect opportunity, dude. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, in turn, asks her when she's getting married. So I don't like, like, why is he trying to one-up her? I don't get it. Um, yeah. But she starts crying, and he tells her that he's going to win the race, and in a year he'll be back. So this man has just been gone for I don't know how many years in prison. And yeah. to her knowledge, never wrote him, or never wrote her. And now he's <laughs> saying, oh, I'm going to sail around the world. Yeah, you're right. I don't know how to sail. I'm, like, just yeah. now getting into shape. Um, but I'll be back in a year. I would be so pissed if I were Penny. I'd be so mad. Um, so she asks what he's running from, and he says that he has to get his honor back, and that is what he's running to. Yeah. Um, so this to me, so already, like in the last flashback, I think it's, it started setting it up. The race around the world to prove something to her thing is so stupid. Not even prove Um, something to her, prove something to her dad. Yeah, to her dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't, because like she says right here, like, well, hey, what, he's like, I'll be back in a year. And she's like, well, what if you're just back now? Yeah. Like she, she, if he had said like, I want to be with you right now, she would have taken him up on it. Mm-hmm. And instead he wants to go on a race around the world. Um, it doesn't make any sense. It's stupid even if uh, you accept that like it's something that he needs to do. Um yeah, just just a very weird plot point that just doesn't quite fit. It 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 I it feels like they want us to treat it as like these two star-crossed lovers, but it's purely Desmond's ego getting in the way. It has nothing yeah. to do with Penny here. Mm-mm. Or at and least like, that we've seen. His he being so self-conscious about what her dad thinks about him. Right. The lost wiki says that it's supposed to be a reference to the Odyssey, where, like, you know, Odysseus goes on the boat ride around around the world, and then he comes back. And, I mean, her name is Penelope in the Odyssey, so maybe it is supposed to be, like, a reference, I guess? I don't know. Um, the, the, if I remember right, the Odyssey didn't happen because uh, Odysseus just, like, wanted to go out on a boat. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> back on the island... Uh, Locke meets up with Desmond finally. Uh, They have a nice little meeting. We get the answer to what did one snowman say to the other snowman, which is, of course, smells like carrots. Um, Never heard that one. Really? Well, I guess I have heard it once because I watched Lost a long time ago. But, like, I, yeah, never would have guessed that in a million years. That's a pretty good little kid joke. Maybe I'll see if my nephew likes that later. (laughs) Um, Locke, uh, tells Desmond about the Pearl Station, about how everything that happened in the hatch was a lie, and it was just a psychological experiment, and then tells him, hey, you gotta sober up, because tomorrow we're going to stop that button from getting pushed. Um, which is, yeah, I, it's interesting that they're, that Desmond is immediately just on board, but he seems pretty much, like, bitter and nihilistic enough to be down to try it so i guess Mm -hmm. Locke got him at the perfect time jack finds michael in the woods kind of hyperventilating again 
Uh, and Michael thanks him for going along. And <laughs> this is where Jack repeats the whole, hey, live together, die alone. So I guess it's his catchphrase now. Whenever some real big stuff is happening. Every 22 episodes, we're going to get him to say that. Um, and then, yeah, we get the scene of Sun uh, throwing up on the boat. And then uh, Jin says, oh, you shouldn't have come. And she's like, oh, well, actually, that's morning sickness. And he goes, no, I know, but you shouldn't have come. And then Saeed shows them out on the beach as they're passing the island. They see the foot of what would presumably be a, like gigantic statue stone statue like, like lord of the rings yes era yeah statue this gigantic thing we see just the foot is left and it has only four toes on it not not five um which uh yeah is interesting has no bearing on anything else going on so it's clearly just a little bit of world building here but it's kind of fun um, Echo is in the hatch when the power turns off and uh, he goes to check things out starts hearing the intercom going with counting down he rushes back to the computer room tries to get his stick underneath the door in time as the blast doors are coming down but Locke grabs it at the last second and Locke and Desmond are locked inside of the computer room now uh, with Echo unable to get in um, and Talk about how they're going to wait out the timer on the, the hatch. Um, I do like that this plan hinged on Echo leaving the computer room and mm-hmm. then not coming back in time for the blast doors to come down because they don't really have any control over that. Yeah, I also like the, <laughs> the little back and forth that Desmond and Locke had about him being a priest. Oh, and yeah. how <laughs> shocked yeah. Desmond was. Oh, I got a priest? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was good. Um, in the uh, last flashback that we have, uh, Desmond is on the sailboat, uh, the SS Elizabeth, and mm-hmm. is caught in a storm. Um, he runs down to get his book and wrap it up in plastic and carry it with him. Which was interesting. That's an interesting choice. Again, not something that any human being would ever be compelled to do, but it is interesting to see in a character. Um, Yeah, exactly. He gets knocked out by a wave and ends up uh, on the beach. Um, There's kind of this like trippy double exposure sequence where uh, I thought, like, I don't know, maybe we get the answer in part two, but it it really seemed like multiple people in yellow suits, but maybe it was like the double exposure thing. I don't know. Um, no, I think yeah, I think it was just supposed to be just Kelvin. I okay, there's a second person. Gotcha. Okay, I was a little confused watching it, but yeah. that means it was effective editing and mm-hmm. effective TV. So good job. Um, yeah. But uh, Kelvin uh, brings them into the hatch. And uh, we get the reveal that the person in the yellow suit is Clancy Brown from Saeed's episode. Um, mm-hmm. He asks Desmond, are you him? Do you know what one snowman says to the other? Um, he Desmond doesn't know, of course. Uh, also, he just had a pretty nasty concussion and has been on the beach. So yeah. even if it was the right guy, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. give him some time. <laughs> Yeah, give him a minute. Um, 
But it's not Desmond, the, the person that he's looking for. Uh, we find out that Clancy Brown's name is Kelvin Inman, uh, mm-hmm. which we didn't get his name in Saeed's episode. Uh, yeah, they just call him by his military title, right? Mm-hmm. They call him like captain or whatever the whole time. Yep. Um, Desmond wants to get back to his boat, but it's missing. Uh the machine starts beeping and Calvin walks over to the computer to type the numbers in and Desmond asks him what that was all about. And Calvin very begrudgingly says, just saving the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love the discrepancy between the way that we see it here and the way that Desmond described it in the, in the, I think was it the season opener or probably episode two or three, something mm-hmm. like that. Where Desmond's description was, oh, I ask what he's doing. Just saving the world, he says. And But in this, he's just like, I'm just saving the world. He's yeah, the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He's depressed about it. Like, he doesn't yeah. want to be doing this. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so true. I, I kind of forgot that little nugget from the first couple <laughs> episodes of the season. Um, How do you forget? We see it, like, six different times over the course of three <laughs> episodes, so... My bad. Um, Yeah. But Calvin has Desmond watch the orientation video on the projector, and Desmond just watches it over and over again. Um, He questions why there are missing parts, and Calvin says that somebody named Radzinski made some edits. Mm -hmm. So we know that Radzinski was Calvin's previous partner, and he just doesn't want to talk about what happened to him. Um, but he does share with Desmond that he's wearing the suit because he doesn't want to be infected when he goes out of the hatch. And he gives Desmond the vaccine and tells him to give it to himself every nine days and kind of warns him that he might be infected because he was out on the beach for a while. I mean, it's interesting. It, it We keep getting the stuff. And I mean, we kind of see it too in this next scene where Echo climbs out. But, like, we, with the quarantine uh, hatch, but, like, we just keep seeing these references to sickness and nobody has gotten sick or even talked about it. So it's it's weird to think of how this even started. Yeah. Uh, Echo climbs out of the hatch uh, after he can't get into the, the blast doors, of course, and he goes to the beach. Uh, he explains the situation to Charlie, asking about how they opened up the hatch in the first place. And Charlie tells him, well, they blew it up with dynamite, and, and then finally agrees to help him after Echo says that he thinks that if the button isn't pressed, everybody on the island is going to die. And not to give any spoilers for the Barbie movie whatsoever, mm-hmm. but if you've seen it, Tim and I just watched Barbie today, and I no spoilers, but seeing Charlie playing the guitar on the beach is a really funny imagery after really? seeing oh. it yeah it's a yeah. really funny context yeah. so like exactly i don't know just spot sure. on yeah yeah okay good <laughs> well yeah that'll be a fun easter egg i i haven't seen it yet but i'm excited too um it's just nice to see a movie in theaters that has uh like actual sets that somebody designed and not like a green screen yeah uh world mm-hmm. yeah it was um, fun yeah. <laughs> uh, back with the uh, teen Michael, Kate sees people following them and, and doesn't tell anybody but Sawyer. Uh, 
her and Sawyer uh, open fire and shoot at them, and they get one, but another one runs away. They want to chase after him, but Jack says not to. Um, and Jack uh, finally tells everybody about Michael and forces Michael to to fess up. And Michael kind of tries to deny it at first, but then he breaks down and explains the list and how each person had to be brought, no more, no less. Um, Kate asks if he was the one who let Henry go, and, and Hurley asks if he killed Anna Lucia and Libby. And he admits to both of those. Um, he tries to explain himself by saying, you know, I couldn't see a way around killing Anna Lucia and Libby was never supposed to die. And I just didn't even have time to think. And then Hurley kind of goes like, yeah, but if you had time to think, you still would have done it, right? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, uh, ice cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I, you know, I like Hurley a lot. And so I'm not saying that he should be like this all the time. But Jorge Garcia plays the, like, a serious Hurley extremely well. Like, he, I yeah. do like seeing Hurley like this, as much as it's, you know, born out of him, <laughs> you know, being in emotional pain after the his uh, girlfriend slash mommy died. <laughs> um, uh, Hurley says that he's going back uh, now, but Jack says that he can't go, because... If they start to go back, then the others will think that they don't trust Michael anymore. Um, And he says, well, don't worry, though. I have a plan. And then it cuts to the final scene of the episode, which is that Saeed is uh, praying on the deck of the ship when uh, Jin and Sun find the hole in the rock. And Saeed says, okay, well, we're here. And, uh, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. Not as much as the other ones were, though. Mm Um... I'm okay but I think with I that. liked this. Yeah, I liked this more. Um, yeah. I think it was episode two because the last one was a three-parter, and I think episode two of the last one was just like not a lot of anything going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that this this feels better paced between the two episodes, um, which we haven't seen the second one yet. But I, I think that I'm, this is still really fun to watch, even just knowing it's part one. Yeah, 100%. And I guess I just want to add, too, like, Jack doesn't just say, like, oh, I have a plan. He's like, do you guys really think I would put you through all of this if I didn't have a plan? And it's like, you've been piggybacking off of other people for the last, (laughs) like, three days on these, like, really big decisions and not using any critical thinking. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Do I, I think that you would do this without a plan? Well, I, if it was about your ego, uh, yeah, 100% yeah. I think you would. <laughs> of course. Yeah, <laughs> that that is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the episode. Uh, I, I think we'll wait until next. It's technically ranked separately um, from part two, but they're right next to each other. So I think we'll wait until next time. Okay. Especially since they were aired together to talk about how they're ranked. And of course... Uh, next week is going to be part two, which is, continues to be a Desmond episode. Um, I'm excited. I love the I know. Desmond flashbacks. Yeah, they're fun. They're I, good. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's good. He's a good character. Um, it kind of makes you wish he had been in the season a little bit more, but it works really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, him just kind of showing up for the beginning and the end. Yeah. And then... Um, I do like the fun irony uh, of uh, the uh, the boat named after Libby uh, showing up at her funeral. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like a fun, like thing where it's just like, yep, nobody will. Literally, nobody knows that at all. When even if they were to be like, tell Desmond about this person named Libby, he knew her as Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm although I guess maybe they traded phone numbers. I assume that she didn't have the boat on her at the coffee shop. Well, even if they um, try to describe her, like she doesn't. Yeah, like she, anything. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah they wouldn't be even kind of close. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's funny. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, um, you can tweet at us all the best pod at all the best pods on Twitter. You can email us all the best podcasts at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to Apple podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening, uh, and give us a, a, a rating. Emma, do you have any idea how many stars that they should be giving us? Hmm. I love it when you ask me this question. I would say mm-hmm. five stars. Okay, five stars. So yeah, one star for each bullet that Michael tried to use on a bird for some yes. reason. Yep. And uh, and then uh, yeah. Uh, well, until next week, get lost. Get lost. Mm-hmm.